0: Hi, my name is Stevie Ray-Cozzi. And I'm Gretchen S.B. And you're listening to Exceptionally Average Authors Explain It All.
1: We're two exceptionally average authors. Talk about stuff.
0: Hello and happy Monday, listeners. This is a special episode that Gretchen and I are doing talking about end-of-the-year author wrap-up fees. we're taking a look at all of the things that it takes to run your own business as an indie financially and planning wise and hashing out what worked for us this year, what didn't, and what we're going to be doing looking ahead. With that said, Gretchen, what's up with you lately?
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying to reached some semblance of the stuff I wanted to get done for the end of this year. <laughs> so I i am editing one of the short stories I was ta- the short story I was talking about that we did for pantsing versus plotting. And I think that that episode is going to air after this one. So you'll, you'll get more information about that in our next episode. I had finished the first story. I did it in like nine days. I really, I did it in three days over a nine day period, but I'm, I'm doing the the initial edits, and I'm going to send it off to some beta readers to see if they find it as entertaining as I do, just in case it's garbage, you know. I also am in the midst of getting a story contract with the story website I talked about towards the beginning of our podcast. Decided that I would sign over the rights to a story that I have up on their website, not the one that I mentioned earlier earlier this year, but a different one. And I'm going in with my eyes wide open so I know exactly what rights I'm giving up and and all that. And I just want to see whether that'll equate to a steady income and get that sort of reader feedback regularly and see what that's going to be like. So I'm doing that. And then my latest Lantern Lake book went live on the 11th of this month and the like box set of that whole section of the series comes out on the 18th. How about you, Stevie? What have you been up to?
0: I'm not even sure that I can tell what week it is after you listed all of that.
1: <laughs> um, I am, let's see for
0: work. I'm working on the edits for Quarantine with the Beast. I got developmental edits back from the publishing house that's doing it. They're due in January, like the beginning of January. So I've got two more weeks to get done with those edits. And boy, this this one was like a milestone for me I think as a writer not just because it was picked up by a, a publishing house but because the edit is one of the I don't want to say gut-wrenching because I'm actually really excited about it but that initial like oof of yes this is exactly what I thought my weakness was in this story and I couldn't figure out, you know, what part of that When I say weakness, I'm thinking of like a cancer in my in my story that we have to cut out. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I obviously have some very very like big inner critic problems, (laughs) but no, I'm just really excited about the editor's feedback was super helpful. And once I got over my own like self hatred spiral and looked at the feedback again, I was like, oh, I know exactly what to do to fix this. So now I've made the whole plan for how to do it. I've written out stages of when it's going to get done. And I've done a really good job of avoiding the actual part where I do it. So I'm doing, I'm working on that. And at the same time, I'm working on King's Prisoner. Not as much because when I'm in editing mode, writing mode is hard, but I am doing a lot of plotting and research that will pay off later. I am pulling a Gretchen and starting another new project, even though I really shouldn't. (laughs) This is another milestone for me because I typically (laughs) am a one... I'm like a monogamous writer, but really what that is, is just my organizational brain trying to squelch my creative brain because it's afraid we can't do everything at the same time. And really, if I stay on my stuff, I can not every day, but I can totally work on more than one project at a time if I do it carefully. So the, I was invited to submit to another anthology and that's Ooh. Kind of plotting stages. So I'm writing one book, editing a short story and plotting another short fiction which I think is going to end up being a retelling like an urban fantasy retelling of Hades and Persephone.
1: That my favorite.
0: Yeah I think I'm going to give it an allegory for some sort of like non-monogamous relational stuff. I'm working with my teen who has a lot of I don't need to out all their identities but we've been talking about YA retellings and some of the stuff they'd like to see in it and I can see how the original myth already sets it up to be able to do it really beautifully if you're creative. So I'm very
1: excited about that too. I'm excited to read that because that's my favorite like mythology retelling is Persephone and Hades.
0: I'm pretty stoked. My premise is that, you know, same old spiel with the old gods being forgotten. And so they're having to take on human incarnations every so often because to be remember, Remembered, right but they also fall victim to the same human like you made a choice and now it changed you which is something they weren't used to so the story starts with persephone in her senior year of high school and like they all know that they're playing out the same story but the human brain thing still makes it so they can see it happening and can't necessarily change their trauma response which is a really cool fun thing that i like to play with in all my books yeah, so she's getting ready to to go through that whole thing. And it had taken like fourteen incarnations for Hades to to convince her the first time, you know. And this time they're gonna have to convince her mother because in the last incarnation he was too afraid to let her back up to the surface and it wreaked havoc on the
1: environment. Anyway. so we have him to blame for global warming, is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, a little bit. So there's like there's the global warming, there's the the generational trauma and the decisions we make, and then to to top it all off in her urban environment, the way that she presents is that she has seasonal friends and seasonal like, not personalities, but like relational patterns. So in the summer, she's with the kids that skip school and don't have a great home life. And she's there feeding and caring for them. And in the winter, she's with the goth kids and the depressed kids. And so it's going to be a whole like, no one person can serve every function for you in your relational stuff as well. And I'm just really excited about
1: it. That sounds
0: really interesting. It's been so fun to avoid edits by thinking of this story. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm really thrilled. I'm finally getting to the point in my career and in my mental health stuff where things are starting to come together and I feel confident in what I'm doing as a professional. And yeah, I just have a whole lot of hope for what's what's coming in spite of what this year has been like. So, Yay! So speaking of what the year's been like, let's talk money.
1: (laughs) Everyone's favorite subject.
0: Dun, dun, dun. What you got for me, Gretchen? Well,
1: we decided before we started recording that we were going to do this in sections. So our first section is what we spent in covers this year. What I spent in covers was... Actually, a lot less than I normally do. I thought that because I was going to be home, I would be writing a lot more, which, you know, and publishing more, which I, I obviously didn't. What, you know, it is it is what it is. It's fine. And and so I ended up getting three covers this year, and uh, that was a cover for a one-off book that cost me $180, and I bought that in, I want to say... August, and that was the the first the first one I bought, and then I bought a cover for the latest Halliyan book, which cost me eighty five dollars because I thought having a cover would sort of jumpstart me into writing it, and that was totally not the case. And then the last one I bought was for the short story that I was talking about, and that cost me twenty five. So. Oh no. Now I have to do maths guys. So overall on covers, I spent $295 this year. How about you, Stevie? How'd, how'd you do on the cover front?
0: Well, this year was very different for me. In the past with my first series, most of my covers were done for free because it was a friend who was trying to learn how to do covers, live photo shoots. So it wasn't to market, but it was a really fun experience. and. Then paying for covers after that kind of hurt a little. Understand. My total for covers this year was four ninety five. That started out with a pre-made cover that I did for the first book in my first series to see, like, just to play with what's working in the market and mm-hmm. if it would carry through. And then I ended up rebranding the entire series this year. So that was covers for all three of the books in the MSI Rising trilogy and the prequel. And then I also bought three more covers for The Weaver Sun because I have all of the covers for that series. So that $4.95 is for, really, it's for eight covers. So it's really not that bad. And then one of the covers I ended up not really using. So seven usable covers and I paid $4.95 this year.
1: That's actually pretty good. Yeah,
0: it is. And it was really cool to, to start out branding the series and have all the covers. And I think that's what then drew me to go... Nah, just go all in and rebrand the whole first series instead of just one at a time. Yeah. And I think that ended, that's going to end up paying off. I'm re-releasing them all, so I don't have numbers for that yet. Mm. But I do have a lot better visibility so far.
1: I gave the wrong number, and I didn't realize it until you said that. I actually recovered my entire Holotin series. This year, I completely forgot about it that that was this year because this year has been just so.
0: I had to look up that one cover because I did it in January of 2020, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's." a am like, "Dang it! I do have to count that one."
1: Yeah i I recovered the whole Halton series, so that puts me up to seven covers, and I think that's all the covers that I did. No, because I also got a cover for a paperback so I actually got eight covers this year for six hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, that's not bad either. It's not it's not terrible, but yeah. when you say that it's six hundred and fifty bucks, you're just kind of like and it hurts. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then you're like, oh wait, that was for eight covers. Okay. Like that's less than hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Covers are definitely a necessary but large expense.
0: Yeah, almost as bad as edits for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Edits, which brings us to our next category, which is editing and proofing. Editing is usually an editor. Proofer is kind of like they proofread it to make sure there aren't any last minute mistakes that like you and your editor may have missed. How was your editing and proofing cost this year, Stevie? I
0: only had one book edited this year. Because I've only finished one of them. (laughs) And the short story is being edited through the publishing house. So I don't have to pay for that part. But the book that I had edited was The Weaver Sun, which released in April. And I spent $250 on
1: that edit. That's not bad. It's not. It's not bad. It's
0: probably more than I would do in the future for the edit that that had. I don't know. I think if I'm paying somebody that much money, I want them to tear into me. Oh, okay. And even if I don't end up using it, I want to grow from it. And I'm just not sure that I was in a place that mentally where I could do that at that time. And I really should have gone with a lighter edit Mm -hmm. because I didn't end up using most of what was done for that one book. And it's a shorter book, I think, because my books are shorter that that number hurts my soul a little more.
1: I mean, that's not that's not a bad price at all. I've I've it's paid not it's just that it was of half 600.
0: of all of my covers and I think that maybe maybe that's why I'm like for all of those covers it was almost for one book for one book and then thinking of doing a trilogy and it it's really not bad it's pretty like I did all my research but again I was coming from having done my first series just to prove I could do it and this is my first time paying industry rate. So I'm paying industry rate when I'm still launching and I'm going to be in the red for a while. How much did you spend on editing?
1: Well, I only had short stories, two short stories edited. And they were each, they're each about shy of 30,000 words, between 23 and 28,000 words. So my editing cost, I only paid for one of them to be edited because I paid for it to be edited last year. And what happened was that I was paying her... uh, buy like twice a month installments and I just didn't get them published so I already had a credit with her and but that's on like last year's totals that's on my 2019 totals so in 2020 I only paid $50 for an edit and then I paid uh, $58 for proofreading so a total of 108 for editing this year which is drastically less than I usually pay not only because the books were shorter, but because I just did not publish this year.
0: Great. Right.
1: Okay, our next category. Ugh, this is so painful, guys. I, you need to know how just how painful it is to go through these finances <laughs> and, and say it out loud. That's uh, why I wanted
0: to break it down. Like, we're not even into marketing yet, guys, and marketing has lots of subgroups because we didn't want to look at the total altogether.
1: so i am going to cut in i know stevie didn't spend anything in this category this year but since i did i'm i'm adding it in audiobooks audiobooks is one of the fastest if not the fastest growing market for how people are consuming literature right now so i decided to sort of make the jump with you know save up and have two audiobooks made neither of them are published yet because acx which is the amazon like connected company keeps coming and saying that the credits aren't in the files and both me and people that recorded it are like no we can see it it's labeled what are you talking about so they're not live yet but i because they're two full-length audiobooks i think i think i ended up spending $1,560 one thousand five hundred and sixty dollars on audiobooks. I'm not entirely sure on that total because I'm I'm looking at my giant Excel spreadsheet that I have for this, and I think that that might be a little high. But if it is, it's only high by maybe a hundred bucks. So it audiobooks are a huge, huge spend, and I I took that plunge this year for a massive amount of money, and hopefully it pays off. But after that comes your platform building. Stevie, you want to explain to the lovely listeners what platform building is?
0: Your platform is anywhere that you appear on the internet or other places depending on when quarantine's not happening. (laughs) These include things like your Instagram, your Facebook, your website, and while you'd be like, what would you spend money for on Instagram? That would be the Thriving Scribes templates that we paid for in an earlier episode, which gives you all the templates for your newsletter, your Instagram posts, and your scheduling calendar. For some people, this also includes an admin fee. I don't have any of that yet because I'm not fancy. I'm just here with the tools that other people have been kind enough to put out for a reasonable fee, and I only spent $25 on platform this month or this year and that was for the thriving scribes
1: that's pretty good like bravo 25 yeah i'm hot.
0: i'm i'm in larger amounts in some areas smaller amounts in other areas that kind of balances it out and i have a lot of platform stuff going on and the reason i'm able to have a lot of platform stuff going on is because i have those templates so it really was a great investment for me and i'm not i'm not done with it like i have so much more that i can do with it it really could be refreshed and reused over and over once you get into the swing of things. And I found myself much more able to get into the swing of all of those different platforms Yeah, with, with that front work done for me.
1: Hmm.
0: How about you? What'd you do on platform building?
1: I did 200 and that is my website and having an email address attached to my website. I have my Oh, shoot. Domain name comes up once every three years. So I didn't pay the domain name this year. I paid it last year. So that's just my website and 60 60 or $70 a year to have an an email address connected to that. I don't think I'm going to continue that next year because that's 70 bucks that could go towards editing or running ads or something. And I don't think that it's really necessary when I also have a Gmail address. So that probably won't continue. But yeah, the it, it's still, you know, 180, 200 bucks for the website each year.
0: Yeah, I went to free web hosting for now for the same reasons. I played around with hosting and website stuff and it didn't seem to make a difference as much for me. Mm. For a lot of people, it does. I know that there are many, of, many others, usually ones that, you know, are further along on the food chain than we are, that (laughs) have a lot of success with that. And part of the reason they have success with that is because they pay for a website. But some of the reason that they have success with their website is because they have enough money to put into other advertising that funnels to their website. Yeah. So I figured I would reevaluate paid website once I have people actually funneling to it. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, So I took that spend in this year and moved it towards things like ads and newsletter and ARC readers and things that will funnel to a website eventually.
1: And speaking of ARCs... ARCs and mailing lists are our next category, Stevie. So tell us what you did with those funds that you moved to the ARC section.
0: I played with a couple of different things this year to try and see what was reasonable for me, what might work now that I have my blurbs and my covers and stuff in order. I did do the Mailer Light subscription for a while. I'm currently on the free version. But I spent $90 on that this year. Um, And then I spent about $100 each between Book Sprout and Book Funnel for distributing ARC copies and for newsletter promotions and cross promos. And so for those three together, I spent about $295. And then I spent another $100 on Nick Stevenson's group, which has lessons on how to do different types of joint promos with other authors as well as an exclusive group that is for authors who have already done all of that research like you're not going to have the people that are floundering and don't know what to do that's why you pay for access and he had a deal on black friday where instead of like a monthly fee it was a hundred dollars for the whole for all of the access so i went ahead and do that did that so for all of my newsletter and Arc copy building things. I spent $3.95 this year. That's not bad. Yeah.
1: Especially considering one of those isn't a recurring cost. Oh yeah. I have three expenses. One is I also purchased that author incubator because it like it could be really helpful. I did not use it this year uh nearly as much as I should. And that is definitely going to change for next year, but I know that getting more engagement on my social media is important. I just need to sit down and do it. So that was $37 for me because I could not buy it on sale the way Stevie did. So I ended up spending more. I also have monthly subscriptions for both Book Funnel and Book Sprout. Book Funnel has the copies of books that my mailing list uses. So if you subscribe to my mailing list, you get free copies of four different books. Uh, well, really four novellas. And I pay 70 bucks a year for them to host those because I can't figure out how to do it on like Book sprout and, and have it work. There might be a way to do it. There might be a cheaper way for me to do it, but I haven't done the research or figured out how to do it. So I spend the 70 bucks a year for that. And I haven't done any adver- advertising with them this year. And then I have $120 on BookSprout because I use BookSprout to get reviews. It is a review service where you pay them and you can do different qualifications. Like people have to have filled out all of their previous reviews to be able to review your book and that kind of thing. And I have a pretty good track record with them for my clean romances. I will have 15 or 16 people sign up, and of that, maybe a third to half will end up posting, which doesn't seem like a lot, but the alternative is that the people on my mailing list that I had on my beta readers list just weren't. Posting reviews, so that ends up being worth it to me, so overall, on arcs and mailing lists, I spent two hundred and twenty seven dollars because I too am on the mailer light free plan, so I'm not paying on that end
0: and I think the last thing that I have on my list is ad cost.
1: yes, the big one, Stevie, do you want to tell us the horrendous number that is ads
0: uh my ads this year total between KDP ads and my release day stuff, $475. That's not bad. That's it's not. Bad not I, I've been experimenting and playing and not going really full force with it yet. I'm just now starting to feel like I've cut my teeth enough to get serious about advertising spend. And so I'll be launching into that in 2021. Hmm. I'll be also be paying more attention to and allotting funds for things like research and uh, stock uh, shop stock for merch that's launching next year, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's because I was I was pretty frugal this year. My total for the year was about fifteen hundred. Wow! <laughs> so,
1: but fifteen hundred and you're only out four hundred is pretty phenomenal. Oh no! I mean, like, uh, my total was in spin. Oh, and spend for everything. Yeah. Got it. I, in ads this year, went higher than Stevie. <laughs> I ended up with, according to my Excel spreadsheet that I have here, woof, ah, $988. That is over the course of 11 campaigns that I ran this year. And of those campaigns, most of them were just Amazon ads that I did. All but two of them were just various Amazon ads. And I think maybe three or four of them made money. One of these campaigns is the book sale that I have up this next week. And what makes it kind of high is that I did have a an international book bub back in May I think I mentioned that on the podcast and so that was a good uh hundred and some dollars and so I ended up running a couple other campaigns at the same time so that campaign alone was $346 so that's that's a big one and I ended up making all of that back and ended up being in the black on that one but yeah overall over all those campaigns it's $988, which is quite a bit.
0: It is.
1: (laughs) So I have two more categories for my expenses, one of which is one that I have a problem with, and that is classes. I buy a lot of stuff that is classes and personal development, things to help with the craft. And every year I tell myself that I'm going to not purchase classes and then i do it so this year i bought four classes one was from a local author who he had a course on how to basically set up and build your own mailing list that is similar to BookBub, and so you can build your own and then sort of build advertising you know platform and get the readers and that way you can make kind of a a side hustle as an author selling the ads to other authors and i think i got maybe a third of the way through the class and stopped watching it and i bought it back in january or february so i could not tell you whether i stopped watching the videos because i had work and got busy and had other things to do or if there was something weird in it uh, i'd have to i have to rewatch it and then the second course i bought was a course on cozies by melissa storm that one has been the best purchase so far because i plan on writing cozies and i want to make sure that i i mean i read a lot of cozies but i wanted to make sure that i understood the ins and outs of of writing best-selling cozies so that i can give that cozy the absolute best you know sort of launching point the next one I did is a class on writing horror novels, and it was 150 bucks. I do regret purchasing it because it turns out that it's 150 bucks for that course, and you can only access the course for the month of October. You could not go back and look at the lectures later. So no, uh, October is a really busy month for me at work. And I got about halfway through the course and then got like heavily, heavily busy, came back and they're like, you can buy lifetime access. And I'm like, why would I buy lifetime access to something if I don't know if it's going to be worth it? So that was really like throwing cash into the wind. So that's that's a purchase that I regret, which, you know, you should always read all the fine print and make sure you fully understand, especially with classes before you buy. Do not make my mistake. And then the last class I bought was on creating your own audiobooks. And so it talks about what mics to use and that kind of thing. I figured that when I can get around, I've I've watched the first couple lessons. It would be cool to be able to record some of my like shorter stories myself and uh, might help with our podcast. So that one I know is gonna is gonna be helpful. And then so overall for classes and, and personal professional development I spent $367. The last category I have is miscellaneous, and the miscellaneous stuff is like I, about three quarters of this year, I've had a subscription to Kalytics, and for those of you that don't know, KLytics is this company that builds these really data-driven reports on the various genres that are on kindle and they tell you how they're ranking which authors are doing best which keywords are doing best which tropes are doing the best for each category i'm a real data fiend i i love data so part of me you know has this kalytics thing because i just i love it so much and the other part of me wants to watch the markets in the categories that i write in because if some of my series end up going their categories end up tanking it might not be in my best interest to continue writing that series especially if it's like the night world where it's going to be you know 20 some odd books i might need to rethink that and come back to that when things are better not saying that's what i'm doing but just as an example tells you you know what is doing well and when and i really appreciate that so that was three hundred and thirty three dollars this year Uh, They charge $37 a month for the, the basic package. And then the next thing I did was as a Black Friday promotion, Plotter had a lifetime access sale. So you could have lifetime access to Plotter for $75. So I went ahead and did that. And then... I bought a font package that was Halloween and witches and spookiness back in late September, and that was $29. And that'll be for future use of covers and advertising and that sort of thing. When we roll back around into September and October, I can add that to ads Uh, So for miscellaneous, I ended up spending $437. So my overall spend for the year, I believe I'd have to like go through the calculations in my form, but is probably somewhere around, if not over three grand for this year which is a lot. But like I said, I spent almost $1,000 on ads and I spent you know $1,500 on audiobooks. So if I hadn't run ad campaigns this year and I hadn't done audiobooks, you know it would be drastically less that I would have spent this year. But because I decided to do those and we'll see if the audiobooks paid off, it is close to three grand. Whew.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. And it's so interesting to see our different approaches to building platform and where the, you know, how to divide the money, where it Mm -hmm. goes. I was a little bit, even in going on my first year and spending, I had a set amount. I only had $2,000 to invest into my business this year. So I'm pretty excited about what I did with it. How do you feel about what you did with yours?
1: I never feel good about spending money. (laughs) I, okay, that is valid. <laughs> I, If I could go back and do this year again, I would have not purchased two of the classes that I did. And I would have spent drastically less on some of the ads I did at the beginning of the year. Like I would have cut back that. And I might have only done one audiobook, one full-length audiobook at a time, just to see how it went. So... If I could go back, and this is the case with me every year, if I could go back, I, I would cull it down and have a slightly, you know, like smaller budget. And each year, uh, it's not that I overspend each year, it's that I, there's always two or three things that I kind of regret doing, but I'm, I'm being tighter and tighter with what I spend the money on. So, like this year, the total is high, but two of those are audiobooks. And Audiobooks is a growing market. So the chance of them, you know, making the money back is is pretty good. So I I'm okay. I hope that it does for you. We'll have to talk more
0: about that in another episode.
1: Yeah. I know we have a, a section scheduled for audiobooks, so we'll we'll come back to it and I can talk about how interesting that adventure has been with my experience with audiobooks because this is these are the fourth and fifth audiobooks that I have done I had one failed audiobook and two short stories done as audiobooks so it there's definitely and it's an interesting world to dive into and it is a very expensive world to dive into
0: yeah I only have one book on audio for that reason
1: (laughs) it is very yeah it's very draining all right so that was our 2020 in review as you can see there's a lot of numbers and money swimming around and keep in mind that that is just what we spent that doesn't include you know what we made or the you know what what that gets us like that is just the raw numbers so that you see what that kind of thing costs and you can compare what we spend on individual things with how how much things cost when you're looking at it. Like for instance, if your editor is drastically more expensive than what Stevie or I spend, like why is that? Is it a developmental editor? Like what, what does that do if your ads are drastically more, are they, you know, helping you any, you know, it just gives you a bench point to, to go on. And since this is the end of year episode, Stevie, you want to talk about what your plans are for next year?
0: Plans are to make new plans. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay, so some exciting things are happening next year. I will hopefully be releasing King's Prisoner, which is the second book in the Weaver Sun trilogy. I'll be releasing the Quarantined with the Beast anthology sometime in January with the group that I'm doing that with. I'll be, oh goodness, submitting to the second anthology by March launching merchandise for my in 2021. And I will also be launching merchandise for my books in 2021, January or February. So keep an eye out for that.
1: That'll be interesting. We'll have to also talk about how merchandise sales go and, and what that process is like.
0: Oh, I'm so very excited. (laughs) Because
1: merchandise is another, another whole beast unto itself.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I'm a writer and I love writing and I love planning my stories, but I will spend hours on ad stuff and psychology related like marketing things and merch. I'm loving it so much, <laughs> not just because it's letting me avoid all of the all of the stuff that I'm avoiding, but man, it's just fun to go, look at that's a t-shirt. It looks cool. It has my character on it. It has my name. <laughs> How about you? What are you doing in 2021, Miss Queen of lists that are completely unreasonable?
1: Oh my gosh. I I was just going to say, I'm going to try to be super like reasonable with what I say here. So we'll see if I, I manage it. My goal for 2021 obviously is to have the audiobooks live. Then I want to finish the book I was, I had on my website that I took off the serialized website. I want to finish it because it's at 60,000 words and I think it's got 40 or 50 more. So I'm just going to finish it at a leisurely pace this year. When I feel like it, just come back, work on it. So I want to have that published next year. I want to publish the Jazz Bond, the first four books in the Jazz Bond series, which is the short story series that I, I finished up that I talked about at the beginning of the episode. I also am hoping to have at least Holiton Book 4, if not Halliton Book 5, out next year. And in an ideal world, I would also do the next four novellas in the Lantern Lake series as well. So keep in mind- It's like, quite ambitious. It, it is quite ambitious, but it, it the if I don't do the lone wolf thing, it's not the end of the world. If I can't finish Jazz Bond, I will genuinely be disappointed, but it's not the end of the world. If I can do Holotin 4, that's okay. And then I'll do Holotin 5 in 2022. Like, that's doable. The Lantern Lake books are the the ones that I solidly need to have next year because I'm trying to release one section each year, if possible, at least one or two books each year. So the next section of Lantern Lake books are to take place in the summer. So those I I, want to have out in, like, late summer, early August, like late August, early September, you know, somewhere in there, so those definitely need to get done. Holoton Four really should get done, and the rest of it is just wouldn't it be great if I could finish those and and have them them done as well?
0: okay, well, that still terrifies me, but that's fine
1: <laughs> so I think that's that's our episode today. Maybe you're not as overwhelmed by numbers as Stevie and I are, but just saying that kind of stuff out loud makes us both exhausted. So we're probably both going to go take naps. Realistically, we're not. We have other things to do. But we hope you enjoyed that little peek into what a year as an author looks like. And until our next episode, happy reading, guys. And get out of here.